Hello, world. Welcome to the Militant Grind Show. I'm your host today. I'm your stand-in host because I have a special guest today. Author, father, enigma. This is a person I'm so happy and pleased to call my brother, the regular host and founder of the Militant Grind, my friend, Sherman Perryman. Man, How you doing? Thank you. I'm great, man. I'm, I'm really doing, excited buddy? to be here, by the way. Yeah, welcome yeah, to you know, your show. Right. <laughs> I heard a lot about this show. It's know? a good show, and yeah. I'm sure that we're going to hear a lot of good things out of your mouth today. Right, right. Let's get it, man. Let's get to it. Okay, so let's just jump right into it, all right? You wrote a book, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to be super honest with everybody out there and with you. This book got me through a recent dark time. This book took me, I don't want to cry, but I've been, I deal with depression issues, and I called you up one day. And we're talking about doing the book and doing this, me standing in and being the host of the show. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't read the book yet. And people who know that I wrote a book as well, people say, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't read the book. Man, I had your book for like a week. And it's hard to sit down and read a damn book nowadays. Yes, it's right. hard to sit down and actually give the time. It's like a two and a half, three hour read, just like mine. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. I just, you know, I'm sitting there finding myself scrolling or like finding reasons not to start. And I said, I got to do this for my guy. And I did it. And Wow. You're an amazing author, incredible book, recommended reading for sure for everybody. I think it should be in every school. Everybody uh, should be reading this book. It's the self-empowerment and the tools you give people is out, Sherman, it's outstanding. Mm -hmm. And your, your articulation, like as a writer myself, I was like, maybe I should scrap my book and start over. <laughs> the way you pieced it together, it's phenomenal, my brother. It's phenomenal. So um, love, honor, discipline, wisdom. And what's the other one? Oh, I think you missed strength. Strength. That's right. the one. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at your muscles. I want to right. leave that one for you. So um, I want to get into it with just a few things. So if we could, I want to talk about the five pillars mm -hmm. of the militant grind. Starting with my favorite, and I love that you started with love. Right. So I'd like to say, I'm jump on my phone real quick. Excuse me. Let me just go like this. And let me, um, this is amazing. You said love often described. Oh, love, often described as the most profound and unyielding emotion in the human psyche, holds essential, almost revered position in the militant grind mindset. Mm -hmm. You started with love. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Well, I feel like love is one of the greatest motivators in life. Like I also mentioned that love could make someone do very, very good, and love could also uh, make someone do very, very bad. You know, but mm -hmm. then, um, you know, I was thinking about it like, what is something in life that people lack that hinders them from true success and being, you know, just a good person? And it's love. It's self-love. Self like people that are neglected love, they end up, you know, they end up being like problems in society, like single yeah. parent households. Absolutely. Uh, homes where the father's not present. And more than likely, well, always, it's because they lack love. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we if you're the person that was lack that kind of love, you know, what can you do? And the best thing you could do is love yourself. Mm, that's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because it's like you didn't learn how to love yourself through others, but you're still responsible mm -hmm. to f get the tools to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, so say growing up, you know, when I was, um, you know, we'll say teenager or whatever, I would always look for self-help books because I always wanted to, think differently of myself and from like what I was taught and what was told to me about myself. Right. You know, so that would be a way for me to garner uh, self-esteem and confidence and strength and things like that. So I would be like a proficient reader. Like all I would do is just read self-help. As soon as I go to Barnes and Nobles, 
I'm in the self-help aisle. That's you true. know, and then from a young age, right? From a young age, so then I then I figured it out. I was like, oh well, all this is is just like feeling good about yourself, loving mm-hmm. yourself, loving who you are, and and all and you know, just to be all the way honest, is loving your authentic self with your flaws right. and all. You know, yeah. if it is really a flaw anyway, right? You know, because what is a flaw to you might be a strength to somebody else. Absolutely, you know. I think people like have this uh, perception that. It's their way or no way. So how they feel is the right way. And I think that's where people, uh, ob- they don't look at life objectively. Right. And they want to judge people. And I'm, I'm bothered by that. You're bothered by it because you're attached to this idea that your way is the only way. Right. right. And so with that said, you know, as a young, young man coming up in a family that, such as me, you don't always have the most positive uh, verbiage going on. Right. Not about at all. yourself. And, you know, sticks and stones will hurt me but names will never hurt me or whatever it is sticks and stones me whatever it's wrong right <laughs> those words especially when we deal with epigenetics and whatnot like mm-hmm. you take two twins and you have one being told he's amazing and one being told he's a piece of shit yeah that piece of shit is going to turn into a piece of shit because yeah. you told them that right yeah. it's like that with that water uh, you know the the secret of water stuff like you talk to water and the crystalline crystallized makeup of the water molecularly changes yeah, yeah. so people need to take that in consideration when they're speaking to the kids especially so right. that's where love comes and you know what one thing about love sorry to take over the no, go ahead, go ahead. i have something that's so profound that a friend of mine said you will never have to look for love when you're coming from it right and that is where that self-love is so powerful that you're talking about and you've, mm-hmm. you've always encouraged me to do because i have issues with that like we talked about on the last podcast and you you're always just instrumental in saying hey man get to it like I love that you never have judged me and you just say, keep it pushing, man. Let's go. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it'll be ignorant of anyone to think that everyone is going to come from the same starting place when it comes to mental health yeah. or their journey, period. Same starting you know? place. So yeah. say I was greatly influenced by Malcolm X and, you know, my dad was also in the nation of Islam and my uncle. And I seen like, you know, a bunch of black men come from the streets and end up being like, you know, standard citizens. You know, but then it's like, I know where they came from and I know where they're at. So when I'm looking at other people who come from this or, you know, come from unfavorable situations or underserved communities, I know that that person has a chance Mm -hmm. to be, you know, a a great person if they make the choice to do that. Absolutely. You know, like say we see pictures of Malcolm X as Detroit Red and, um, you know, him being a pimp and him dating White girls, they, I don't know, they try to make it seem like that's offensive, but hey, whatever, <laughs> you know, like, but then that was, that's just what he was on. But then, you know, he ended up becoming one of the most famous Muslims in the world. Right. You know, right. so it's like, how could we look at that story and end up judging other people for who they are at the moment? Right, right. You know, and there's a saying like, you know, sometimes like say if. So like, if you meet somebody that's in the beginning of their mental health or their spiritual journey and you gave them all that you know that you've been accumulating over the past 20 years, mm-hmm. if you give that person all of that knowledge so soon, it's probably going to drive them insane. Absolutely. They're probably going to go crazy. They it's probably can't handle overload. it. Yes. Yeah, inf- but then it's like some people end up reading like spiritual books or getting into spirituality and they lose their mind mm-hmm. or they get so encompassed with it. It's because, like, they didn't take the baby steps. Yeah, you got to build that foundation. Yeah, you got to build, like, a foundation because it's, like, say for me, I've been, you know, I'm 37. I've been in, on this journey, like, my whole entire life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, I can't look at somebody and be, like, 
oh, they should know what I know because yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's kind of that's an ignorant self awareness in you. Right, right. And that's what people lack a lot of times. They're like, right. this person, like, I'm gonna give you a quick example. I saw this kid the other day, and the old me when I was younger. Uh, he was on Facebook and he had this gangster stuff going on and he was throwing up sets and, you know, he was doing the old collages like he was in prison and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the old me would have been like, look at this clown. But you know what I realized? I realized years ago and I, I look at people, I take everybody as an individual. Mm -hmm. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know their background. And I looked right. at this kid and I felt sad because, mm -hmm. uh, and really, <laughs> I get emotional about it because some people just haven't been exposed to anything outside their two-mile radius. Right. He's never been exposed to travel. He's never even... You know, he's got the Gucci belts on and stuff, and he's broke. You can tell he's mm -hmm. broke, and he's trying because that's all he knows, and mm -hmm. it's sad. People shouldn't laugh at that. They should be like, well, this, this young brother needs to be like, right. he needs to, we need to give him a certain book or, like, get him out of here. Let him go, you know. I know people in Brooklyn, that they, they said they didn't leave Brooklyn until they were 24, 25 years old. They never left Brooklyn because mm. their family was too poor to pay the tolls to get over the bridges. Wow. So they were stuck in Brooklyn all the time. You imagine that. So right. it's like you said, like, we can't judge anybody. Yeah, and that's where wisdom comes in at. You know, you have to, you know, wisdom is also accumulated throughout the years. I say we would judge, you know, that particular person earlier in life before we start to meet, you know, a bunch of other people mm -hmm. with those same scenarios. You know, like say for me now, um, you know, now that me and my friends are all grown and we're having these like real honest conversations and I started learning what they actually went through when they were kids. Right. You know, I'm just like, damn, I had no idea you went through that mm -hmm. while we were in middle school or in high school and, you know, all the tra traumatic things that they were going through it that they're just out. now being open about. Yeah. You know, but then we had to go around and, like, save face, you know, at such a young age and just deal with that pain and not break. Just man know. up. Just yeah. man up. Stop it. What you talking right. about? Right. Yeah, and we just right. cover that trauma with more trauma and that self-inflicted trauma that you know yeah. you go out there you get promiscuous like as a woman maybe you go out and you have a ton of partners because you got molested or something and then right. you you never dealt with that original trauma and now you got this new you're bound by this new trauma you can't even get down to the yeah but that we we had no way to like talk about it right you know like i i'm and a lot of my dear friends end up telling me that their parents were on crack yeah i know and that. i'm just like what i would huh what and you know it's like imagine that like your dad taking somewhere and he's buying crack from somebody and you sitting in the passenger seat. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, I heard about like about judgment as well as the crack epidemic. There was one brother that was telling me, he was like, imagine these kids, you know, get get judged for selling their parents crack, but they know they're taking care of their little brother and sister. If they don't sell their mom crack, she's gonna go take that house money outside the house and then they're not gonna be able to eat. Right. So it's just it's this conundrum, <laughs> right? Right. But I wanna jump back real quick because uh you had said like Information overload and wisdom. I love a quote you say in the book. You say, information is powerless if it is not coupled with wisdom. That right. is that is boss. And I was like, wow, yeah, you can get all the information you want, but if you don't have life experience or like real uh, relatable experiences yourself, you mm -hmm. can't really relate to people. Right. And people like to stay in these little cocoons. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I, won't, I won't stay on that too long because I want to I talk about <laughs> The book is so fantastic. I want to talk about the next thing, honor. Right. And you uh, use a great example with the movie Men of Honor, and you, mm -hmm. you use Cuba Gooding Jr., that, one of your favorite movies. Can you expand on why you chose that particular one for the... Um, man, like, that movie motivated me like no other, man. Like, seeing a man so fearless and going against the odds and, you know, the almost dying, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Literally. Yeah, like, for what he believed in, and it was, it was phenomenal, man. Like, I couldn't believe it, because it's like I couldn't picture myself 
you know, being uh, submerged in water and having to look for materials and, and build them underwater and, you know, you're freezing, you're cold, it's wet. You know what I'm it's saying? It's like a so metaphor like, for life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So all of that, like, kind of amazed me, like, the things that that man has, had overcame, you know? And True even story, though it's like, too, right? Yeah. If people don't know. Yeah. It's like all of that stuff really happened. Mm. And so instead of, like, looking at what I think happened in the well, what I seen happen in the movie, I went to look at his real story, and I'm just like, wow, like, this was not fabricated. Yeah. You know, he really lost his leg. Right. You yeah. know, and he still said, I, I, hey, I lost my leg. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to pursue this. Right. Nothing is going to stop me. Right. You know, so looking at a man, especially a black man. My uncle was also in that movie, by the way, which is kind of funny. My uncle Ali. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he was actually uh, on the Navy boat with him. But, yeah, that was, that was kind of funny. But seeing him go from, like, you know, like a, a, a what was he, a sharecropper mm. to being yeah. the first black Navy diver. My grandfather was also in the Navy. And he told me stories about, you know, the racism that he went through in the Navy. Oh, you can So imagine. it's like, I know that it, I know that it's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just me seeing that, man, it like, you know, it 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 all it just hit me hard. You what, know? What uh speaking on that, mm -hmm. like you said, you were researching. Can I'm gonna ask, how long did it take you to compile the book? And was there segments of the compilation that you were like in different mindsets throughout all that? Like where was your head at certain parts of the book? Was there a time where you were like feeling really lovey and like mm -hmm. extroverted about your your loveliness? Or, or, <laughs> or and was there times where you were kind of like, man, fuck this shit, man. What's up with the strength shit? Like, you know, like nah, well, I'm pretty good at like comp compartmentalizing okay. things. You know, so say when you know, when I'm talking about strength, I just like, you know, I basically like meditate on my own before I would start writing. Okay. So it's like, I'll get everything in my mind together. Then I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna just get it out. I'm typing, you know, the rough draft or whatever. Then I, I, I would do it on a Sunday and then I would sit and I'll let a week pass by. And then after that week, I'll Kinda read it. On it. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, this doesn't make sense. So I have to, mm. like, do oh. it all over again, but then keep the same idea. I know that struggle. So I rewrote it, like, three, four times, I you know? Because it's like, because I also had to keep in mind, like, the reader. You mm -hmm. know, like, say, the way you word certain things, some people won't understand it based off of, like, their reading Big level. facts. You know what I mean? So I, I had to, like, okay, I need to write this, like, at least a... At least so a high school senior could read it. Right, yeah, because you, know? you want to, who's your audience? Right. It's like me, I want to get the most, like, unconscious person in my book mm -hmm. in, you know, in Jordan Downs or in, like, right. Left, Left Rack City that yeah. ain't never seen nothing. Right. Ain't never seen a real blue, uh, blue face hunter, you know? I want right. to get them to be able to, you know, like, uh, zoom out of their personal microcosm and right. look at the macro. Right. So, like, I get it because I had to redo my tool 10. Mm -hmm. redo it seven times because I, I was like, who am I writing this for? Right. Am I writing it to impress academia? Right, right, Am I right, writing it to right. get that kid that's struggling right now and he he's ostracized by his community, mm -hmm. you know? So that that's admirable. And uh, how long did it take you to write the book? I don't I would say a couple months. Yeah, that's what I was You know, so I basically had my five pillars all laid out. Then I would change my ideas. And I was like, I need to add this. I need to add that. You know, but then it was like, I felt like it was kind of surreal because things were just coming to me. That out that should be in the they book. They just popped. Don't yeah, they? it just yeah. popped in. You know, it was kind of like a download, like the the Kobe situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, love it. Yeah, because I I ended up watching the documentary uh, called Moose by Kobe, and I just like admired his discipline and how he's like, you know, he he knows that in order for him. 
to be better than anyone else. He has to put in the work and work hard. Mm -hmm. So he's coming to practice earlier than people. He's, you know, he's, he basically just made his life dedication to basketball and basketball right. only. Right. I say when he airballed all those shots, I think on his first game, he went to the, um, to the uh, high school gym in Palisades and was just shooting all, mm. you know, for hours all yeah. day, getting it right. That's what I think a lot of the players speak about, Kobe, and that's going to take us right into the discipline mm -hmm. uh, pillar of the militant grind, five pillars. Uh, they say that Kobe wasn't actually athletically as gifted as anybody ever. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the highest vertical. He wasn't super fast. But they said Kobe just worked so hard, mm -hmm. like five times harder. Like he was really – he was the one that broke it down. Like you get in the gym at four – People that got there at eight, they're already four hours behind. You go that over the five-year period, they're already two years behind. Right. So, I mean, let's jump right into the discipline part of it because that's one of the pillars. So we got love, honor, and then we're going into discipline on mm -hmm. this one. But I love what you said because with the discipline, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. Man, that's the one, right? We were just <laughs> right. talking about this because of the whole quote, which is this one. Uh, what's the one? <laughs> True success is rarely the result of sporadic bursts of enthusiasm. And I was saying, that is me. I'm like ADHD. Oh, my God, this feels so right. I'm, I'm going to get this done today. And then two days later, I'm like, man, where was the vibe at? Man, screw that. Let's go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. You have to stay disciplined. And the motivation isn't always going to be there. And discipline has to outweigh the motivation, huh? So right. um, the Kobe thing, the way you articulated it in the book, I felt like I was there with you thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So, And then if you could remind us or them, or tell them for the first time what I'm being reminded of, how you ended that. I don't know. I have it right here if you want, <laughs> if you want me to remind you. No, you could go. You could, you could okay, go. because it's I really know. good. The, uh, the way you ended that with the discipline of, uh, where is it? Uh, let's see here. Kobe. Well, it says his passing, but we're talking about Kobe. Amidst warnings that grounded other flights emphasizes that sometimes prudence and heeding precautions can be the bravest actions we can take. That's boss, because sometimes we get so overzealous, it puts us in, you know, like Samson and Delilah. Mm -hmm. Delilah, like you talk about in the strength one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's like, say, you know, we were just talking about fitness, right? And your back is hurting. But then it's like the discipline will be like, no, man, just keep going, keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you're going through a greater injury. Exactly. Because you let, like, discipline encompass you. And, like, say, what also mentioned – um, in the end of the book, you know, like the day that Kobe died, I remember that day vividly. Like, you know, I actually left and I think I went to breakfast with my family. I came back and my neighbor, who I never talked to ever, mm. was like, hey, y'all hear that Kobe just died? Mm. And I'm like, what? How could, what? How? Yeah. You know, like what happened? That hit everybody. Yeah, but bro, that day was super cloudy. It was wild. Like it was foggy. I was in Oregon and it was a somber day. Even people that didn't even know anything about basketball were sad. Yeah. I was at a, a buffet eating some pizza and they were like, oh, did you hear about Kobe? Man, I'm was, like, man, I was, I cried. I just, I, it was so sad because he was, was like, he had, he was doing so much good in the world. I mean, he was such an inspiration in so yeah. many ways, especially with, like you said, the discipline. Right. It was unbelievable. Right. Um, moving on to something else, though, because mm -hmm. I want to get into it because I, I can't stop looking at your muscles, man. Your muscles, <laughs> man. Look like you need a D cup bra or something. Over man, there, man. Nah, don't do me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into the strength um, because you use a great example with Samson and Delilah. And, um, you said something in the end of that was so great. It says, know your weaknesses. Samson's strength, strength was unmatched, but his love for Delilah was his Achilles heel. By understanding and acknowledging our vulnerabilities, we can take steps to protect ourselves. 
power can lead to overconfidence. That is yeah. so true. And when it comes to sobriety, that's always been my problem. I get cocky in my sobriety. And then it's like, yeah, fuck it, I can have a beer. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know, in a hotel room with cocaine and a bunch of strippers. And they call them. <laughs> right. But right. yeah, but with the strength, the Samson, what, what an amazing, because women are everybody's Achilles heel. Though. Let's right. just be honest about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, love, I love all you ladies out there. I love you. I'm single, by the way. But <laughs> with that being said, can you expand on where your mindset was at and what, why is strength one of the pillars and how do you break that down? Uh, strength has always been, you know, something that I also have strength tatted on me, but, but it always been something that like encompasses my life. Like say growing up in LA, you know, you wanted to be a strong person mm-hmm. or at least look like you were strong. So nobody would pick right. on you or mess with mm-hmm. you, you know? Cause it's like, if you were a strong guy, it's like a least likelihood of you getting into trouble or whatever right. because you're a threat to the exactly. predators. You know what I mean? Yeah, you so look the formidable, more, right? Right. The more you look like a predator, the more the other predators yeah. won't come at you. Yeah, you're not You brave. know, so say a bunch of guys will be in the gym. You know, it's like L.A. culture. You know, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, 80s, all the game bangers were buff, chest yeah. out, you know, because they had to fight. Yep. So one of our cultures is, hey, we got a bench press in the backyard. So we bench pressing, making sure our chest is shoulders is up you know not focused yeah. on legs at all i remember you know seeing saying, the picture but, of larry hoover right yeah. <laughs> yeah. well not larry no no larry's chicago but, oh well not, not uh, larry hoover yeah tukey williams yeah yeah, Tukey, yeah. so it's like that's that's a part of our culture and yeah. then like in the 90s wrestling and all that stuff you know it's like man i want to be i just always wanted to be strong and mm. so i took like weightlifting in the ninth grade you know i was very into it and then when i went to uh crenshaw I was in football. Uh, I had football first period, so I ended up being like I was the strongest guy in the class. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. that always been like something for me. But then I ended up thinking about mental strength and how important mental strength is. That's as well. the one, isn't it? Right. It's, it's like confidence comes from mental strength. Right. Right. Yeah. So mental strength is like say if you know I'm mentally strong, I'm able to do certain things, I'm able to accomplish certain tasks, and I could end up getting the physical you know, the people that are physically strong to actually, like, you know, be my, you know, I could control them. Right, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? With money or whatever. Yeah. You know, so it's you'll see. strategy. Right, so I said in a book, like, you'll see a guy that's, like, 6'6", six, six, walking around with, you know, a guy that's 5'7", yeah. you know what I'm saying? And putting his life on the line for the guy that's 5'7". Right, seven. it's like Cat Williams. He got everybody <laughs> in his pocket right now. Right. Because I mean, he's just really that been that guy out there. He's mm-hmm. like, he's got that mind control over Debo, don't he? Right, yeah, and he's a small guy, but I guarantee you, if someone was to come up to he's him, he'll have somebody to come and, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's like, it. you know, physical strength is is important, but then I'm like also, you know, mental strength as well. But I also know there's a disconnect between the two mm. because if you're looked at as physically strong, people don't think that you, you know, are smart. There's a weird stigma attached to that. It's like really, that. like, been like that throughout the fitness. I've been in the fitness industry 25 years, and, like, yeah. there's a stigma attached. If you're in too good a shape, you must be a meathead. Right. And, oh, the meatheads are dumb. But some of the most articulative, intellectual, cap- intellectually capable human beings I've ever met, engineers, chemical engineers and whatnot, are bodybuilders. Yeah. They're so smart, and they're yeah. not dumb. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it should go the other way around, like, you're kind of dumb if you're not taking care of your body. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Doesn't that make more sense than yeah. saying, oh, the guy who's in shape, what a meathead, all he does is work out. No, we just work out. We can't work out all day. Right. You know, we're right. Just, you know, we're, the kitchen is all day. We're not just being bums, eating mm-hmm. everything we want and being tossed to and fro by, you know, the way of the world. But, yeah, I think that, like, to a testament to you is that since I've met you and since we've been talking as friends, 
you have incredible mental and physical strength, but your mental strength, you're very connected in the streets out here, like mm -hmm. especially Carson and throughout the people on your show, Rick Ross, you get uh, Absol, mm -hmm. you got, you know, people, me, no, you got <laughs> people jumping on here though, like all your interviews, you have people, if people don't know, you got to jump on his YouTube channel. He, this guy works, I don't know when he sleeps, but there's just podcast after podcast of, of quality content and quality people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kudos to you for, you know, figuring it out at a young age and being like, wait a minute, I think you're a good strategist. And like you said, when you were doing allotting time to writing the book, it seems like you had an innate attention allocation gift already. Mm -hmm. Like you can, when you're focused on something, you're focused on that only, right. like funnel vision. So that's that's amazing. So mm -hmm. kudos to you on that. I'm gonna jump into something real quick. The wisdom, um, the wisdom section of, so we got the, we got the love, we got the honor, we got the strength, yeah, we got the discipline, the we and we got about. the wisdom. Yeah. This is it. Mm -hmm. King Solomon is what you talk about in the book. And I loved it because it reminded me a bit of me. Mm -hmm. Because not that I'm anything like King Solomon, I'm not as wise, but had a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in the end, he was super respected for his intellect and his wisdom. And then he, he just fucked it all off. Excuse my language, but he fucked it all off for, over some chicks, didn't he? And just yeah. lost his, he lost his focus. It's super easy. And I think that wisdom comes from having a very consistent focus in life mm -hmm. and knowing what your goal is and not deterring from that, from outsized forces. Because, you know, we can be, like in the book, I talk about being the anchor at the bottom of the lake and not the little buoy attached to the top getting tossed to and fro by the wind. Right. You gotta be that anchor. Right. You gotta have that emotional stability. So can you tell me what your definition and why you use King Solomon as the example for the wisdom section? I mean, I'm kind of like obsessed with King Solomon. Bro. Yeah. Like I read Proverbs so much, uh, Ecclesiastes. Deep. You know, like it's crazy because uh, my grandfather uh, who passed away before I was born, uh, when my grandmother passed in 2012, I saw his grave and he actually had a quote from Proverbs on his, um, on his, uh, with his tombstone, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was like, um, you know, my sons take this knowledge and blah, blah, blah. I got to figure it out. But basically I was just like, wow, like what a connection, mm. you know, like this is, you know, and then I have a friend that's very spiritual He'll be like, man, you know, you were king, King Charmin, King Solomon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing. Like, you got to be resourceful. And, you know, this is my friend I've been knowing since high school. And I would just kind of, like, brush it off. But then when I actually started looking into King Solomon, I was like, wow, like, this is this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I really felt this guy. You know right. what I mean? Like, the way he thought, the his thought process and, and all of that. You know, but then the wisdom came from God. Mm -hmm. You know, and like we talk about often, you know, you think that you're getting the knowledge from yourself, but then, you know, sometimes it's just downloads. Right. You know, right. Some people are just equipped with wisdom. Right. You know? And it's just like, wow, like I, my uncle told me, um, like when I was 12, I would ask him some questions and he'll be like, what the fuck? Like, why is this kid asking mm -hmm. me these questions like this? Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, I, I was like, OK, I, I d definitely do need to talk about this because I feel like wisdom like we said before, is is, is mostly like self-awareness, mm -hmm. but also being aware of what's around you, you know, the right. people around you and things like that. Absolutely. So, you know, I like say, you said I'm connected to the streets. 
which I am, you know, but it's not because I was a thug. No, not at all. It's because like you that. just there observing. Yeah, but yeah. then but then it's like, say, you know, I know some of the biggest gangsters in LA. I, I know you do. And I never did any of that. But right. it was because, like, you know, I treat them with respect. You know what I'm saying? I right. want the best for them with what they do. And you ain't judging them. I don't judge them. Yep. I'm a regular person around them. I don't right. act like there's something that, you know, I know what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's survival. Like, we just out here trying to, right. trying to figure it out as we go. Right. But then at the end of the day, I'm going to give you the best me no matter what you're right. doing. I've learned that about you so you know, far. So it's like, say, if you are, you know, if you if any of my homies at Game Bay, if they come around me, they already know I'm not going to be for any of that. And I'm going to try to deter, deter you from doing that right. to doing the right, right thing. So. You know what I'm saying? It's, so say it's silly. I mean, it is. It's 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 silly. Yeah. Because the people come together. I mean, I mean, let's right. But then, oh, but, but then I look at it like this, right? So say there was an instance where one of my friends, who was like one of the most well known gang members in L.A., um, he ended up being on the news, and people ended up taking his his uh his article with the news and putting it all up on Facebook. It was like, free the homie, free the homie. Mm. And I'm like, why are y'all promoting him at his lowest point? Yeah. And I got upset Man, about that. So like, you're saying this is your friend, but you're going to post him being in jail, you know, like, and promoting it to the world and to all your friends because you know somebody mm. that did something, you know, uh, uh, illegal. Right. It's cool to know people that do that. It's cool to be associated with that. But instead, I would talk to him and I'll give him books to read. I'll give him knowledge. I'll give him wisdom. And he appreciates that so much. Right. You know, we're like, right. if he sees me, I'm like, I love you, bro. Right. Yeah. Now, now he owns a store. Now nice. he's doing good things in the community. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he owns a brick and mortar. That's amazing. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I don't want to, but if you figure out who he is, whatever. But then it's like, <laughs> for yeah. the people out there. But then it's like, we can make differences in people's lives if we give them the wisdom that we have and, you know, want the best for them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And have the right agenda. Right. Because I know that he's a good guy, but right. then it's like some people just don't have the, you know, the fortitude to be like, okay, you know, let's instead let's do this or let's do that. But right. if any of my friends that, you know, sell drugs or whatever, I'd be like, man, you could probably do this instead. Or you could, you know, because at the end of the day, like you said, we're all just trying to. Yeah. Survive. And they might not have ever thought about that because right. everyone around them is like, yeah, get it, get it. Yeah. And like, to be testified to the whole thing, like people want, it's almost like people want to promote that. Like when yeah. I've been to jail or prison on three continents and every time I go to jail somewhere, I don't, I say, I don't want no visitors because you get the weirdest people popping up. I want to come visit you. Why? So you can say you visited someone. Is that makes you yeah. down? You visited <laughs> someone in prison? Yeah, yeah. So I get that. Yeah. I want to jump into this real quick though, because it is about, it is all about this mm -hmm. from grit to greatness, harnessing the five pillars of the militant grind. We never even talked about the title yet because I just love talking to you and jumping right into it. But I want to talk about this. You're an amazing human being, man, brother, father, husband. And I love how you started this off with the, in the name of the most high to the esteemed forebearers who laid down the foundation and made great sacrifices for my presence today. I pray that my actions reflect the honor and pride you envisioned for us. That's giving me chills right now. That's deep. And I want to just start off, or end, sorry. I want you to just talk about this a little bit before we close out. But this is what this book is all about, guys. This book, get this book, From Grit to Greatness. It should be a, a, a mandatory read for everyone in school. <laughs> I'm telling you, this kids need to hear this. We all have greatness within us. You are a walking miracle waiting to happen. If you didn't know, now you do. 
Here's the first line in the introduction that I'm going to end with, and then you can expand on that. Mm -hmm. Constructing a life parallels building a house where a robust foundation is paramount. This is that's that's all you need to hear right there. And then the building the foundation, the tools, the recipe for building that foundation and mixing the concrete is right in here in this book. So mm-hmm. you want to tell me anything else about that before I yeah. close it out? Yeah, well, I know that like uh, like we said, like the the house all starts with the foundation. And when I talked about wisdom and people just getting knowledge too early, it's like say if we're rushing to build the house. You know, and we don't set the right foundation and do the measurements and make sure the concrete is leveled and take our time with it, it could fall over. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So Absolutely. it's like we have to know in life that there are steps that need to be taken and not really like rush to be something. You know what I'm saying? Rush Instant to gratification. be a title. You know what I mean? Like it takes people years to be successful. Yep. Years of dark times, years of struggle years of being broke, years of sometimes living in shelters. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I've never heard of a success story <laughs> ever ever that didn't have a super dark time. Right. I'm talking about every single one I've ever researched. And I've researched them all from Phil Knight, you know, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, who I mentioned in the book. Like, everybody had a dark time. Right. You yeah. know? So Those dark times, they create that polarity. So it's even sweeter when you become successful, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Right. But the foundation is vital and knowing that, you know, you have to set the right foundation. Like, say, first, before anybody does anything, I would just like for them to check their mental health. Right. And Absolutely. go over their traumatic issues. That's because key. if you go into the world harnessing this trauma that you haven't dealt with, you can get all the tools, but then the tools aren't going to, you know, they're not going to work properly. Because the, the thing that's operating the tools of mind isn't right. Right. You know what that, I'm saying? That's, it's, it's not necessarily even the heart. The mind controls the ship. Right. got to control our mind, right? Right. Right. Well, with that said, I want to say thank you for creating a cornerstone in anybody's foundation with this book. And you, my friend, are a cornerstone in everybody's foundation in this community. <laughs> you really are. Thank you, bro. And I appreciate your friendship and your love, brother. Appreciate Always. You too, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Hey, no, thank it. you. I appreciate you letting me take over the show for a minute. Again, from grit to greatness, Sherman Perryman. Get the book or else you're missing out. And that's it, everybody. Much love to you all. Thanks for, thanks for listening, watching. Stay up and never forget, no matter who you are, where you are, or what you're going through, keep smiling.